Where do we start, Paul Cheehy? Episode zero of this uh, crazy podcast idea that we had two months ago. Roughly. Sounds good. Um, so here we are. Uh, thanks our friend Jody and Ed for getting us going here. Um, you know, I was thinking on my bike ride here. I had a lot of thoughts. Um, I mean, how do you even start this? I, I had no idea. Just have a conversation. I would agree with that. I've uh, <laughs> been driving me a little bit crazy too. Uh, what is this? But I, I too would uh, like to give props to Ed and Jody for helping us out. This is, I can't wait to see what this is, Michael. Um, rode my e-bike over here. Remind me, have you ridden an e-bike before? I have not. Um, I've ridden it every day, every morning since uh, since school began this year, and it is therapy. It feels good. Even good for the, you. Even in the one hundred and eighty nine degree heat that we're experiencing this week and this summer, it's been god awful. But uh, man, just just being able to ride and collect your thoughts and think about whatever comes to mind and nice dodge traffic every once in a while. But for the most part, it's just been really, really therapeutic, um, to, to have that e-bike. Um, and what's nice is you don't work up a huge sweat by pedaling around. You still get some exercise, get out, get, get the breeze, get out the outdoors and, and enjoy, enjoy some out outdoor time, but you're not, uh, working up a big sweat. So it's kind of nice. Um, I know you also have biked. We biked before back in the day, but uh, you got to try an e-bike sometime. Highly, highly uh, recommend it. I'll put that on the list. Thank you. So yesterday had a uh, my fourth uh, counseling therapy appointment with uh, with uh, my therapist. And uh, by the way, you 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 also see somebody. You call him a shrink. I do call him a shrink. That's from my past. I don't know. I hope that's a compliment. Yeah. And I think he's shrinking my ego. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> the reason I ask is because I can laugh a little bit about it. Yeah, because I, I was talking, I was asked, my daughter was home last night. Um, I'll come back to, to that, but she was home and and I said, I just got home from my counseling, or my counseling appointment. And she goes, counselor and she thought I was talking about the counselor at school right. and she was confused she goes oh you're therapist therapist like, oh yeah so I think there's just different names for the same thing and then I started thinking about like what is what does Paul call his shrink I don't know where that name comes from I don't either but I remember it from when I was a little kid yeah because <laughs> uh when speaking of back then it was uh you didn't want to be seeing a shrink, right? They shrunk your brain. Right. Yeah, it was not a good place to be caught seeing. So kind of maybe ta- that's taboo it. feeling. Yes, taboo feeling. Yeah. Now I feel like I don't know, I'm just I'm just open. I've I've always kind of been open to it, but uh, especially in the last 87 days, I've definitely been open to it and hungry for it, honestly. So now I I kind of look forward to my every two weeks um, and Sometimes I go in like yesterday. I'm like feeling okay. I don't even know if I need this. But then you sit down and it's like, this is helpful. You do need it. And you don't leave with any. Have you ever left going wash? I wish I hadn't gone there. Or have you? I haven't. Well, let me me correct that. 
So this is my fourth appointment um, since Braden's accident. And the first one, I think I told you this, was with a, with a therapist. Is a no right or wrong on this, but it was a, a different person as uh-huh. a female. And it was not a great experience. And just because I, I just don't think we connected and I don't know if she was out of her element or I was out. I don't know. It was just a, it's just a wrong chemistry. Right. It takes and, a lot of work to find someone you can uh, actually get down to it with. Yeah. So, I'm, so it felt, it felt forced. Like, like sh- she wasn't really asking questions. I didn't know what to say. And so it was just a lot of like, I don't know, dead air time. And, and it was a struggle, but the dude I'm seeing now is, great he just asks really good questions um kind of helps you process things that you didn't even know you're processing and and things like that so it it was it's been super helpful um and i bring that up because one of the things that he asked in in uh i don't know how we got to it but he kind of just asked oh you know we haven't seen each other for the last two weeks um you know how are you doing and kind of how you're where are you at kind of emotionally and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of was really thinking about it. And uh, I was like, well, what the best I could describe is how I feel is sometimes I'll be, for instance, whether I'm riding my bike or whatever, and I'll all of a sudden feel this like panic feel where I'm, I feel like I'm gasping for air. Physically. Yeah. Like, like that feeling of being trapped or, or when you're, have you ever been where you're sleeping and all of a sudden, like you, your body stop or you stop breathing and you, you wake jolt up, up and you yes. jolt up and you're, you're gasping for air. I do constricted. I feel constricted. Yeah. And so I said, you know, I, I haven't had a lot of like, you know, tears and emotions over the last two weeks, but there's times where I'm like, I think of. I think of Braden and I think of the, you know, the, the, over the last 87 days and, 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 you know, him or whatever. And, uh, I, I just feel this like, like closing in my chest and I have to like, it's like, like physically, I feel right. like I'm gasping for air and then I have to kind of force myself to, to breathe and kind of get through it. Yes. So. And that, uh, this therapist that I'm seeing now, uh, relatively new experience wasn't my I had a gal for years since Sarah's accident so going on 20 years but this guy has uh, enhanced my toolkit with how to breathe out of that you know and really accept that it is physical I mean it's and I wasn't sure I thought I was going crazy maybe at first because like my mind was controlling my guts and my diet and my nutrition and my uh, my regularity, but uh, the more that I've found by talking to people and listening, most importantly, is that there is a physical element to grief, and it'll get you if you bottle it down. It's uh, it's chewing you up. I think is uh, what it's doing. Yeah. And so uh, when I'm outside in the woods or in nature or even well outside it feels easier to breathe through that stuff. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I kind of feel a presence of how big the universe is and how, you know, how it, how good it is to still be alive and, uh, doing the deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had never 
thought of breathing being something that you have to kind of consciously like force yourself to do. True. Yes, it takes practice, and who likes pre- practice? Right. Talk about practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's so uh, that's uh, not to switch it off, but uh, how about the lyrics? Just breathe. I mean, they kind of make more sense now, right? Because yes. breathing isn't. I mean, it's instinctual, but it's you still you have to. I had to learn to do it because I was taking a big breath and holding it and being angry and stuffy and, like I said, constricted. Yeah. And it sounds pretty naive, but someone had to tell me, hey, <laughs> you need to breathe. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good advice. Yeah. So reminder on kind of the history of that um, for anybody that might be listening and who knows. Um, if anybody will ever listen to this, right? <laughs> uh, I, I'm listening I to you. And so is Jody. Yeah, so that's okay. But uh, Just Breathe Pearl Jam is a song that um, I've loved for a long time. And I've always joked with my family forever. Kind of joke, but serious. Like, hey, write this down. This is my song. If, when I when I die, write, play this on my in, in my funeral. And uh, I don't know. I just grew up with Pearl Jam and whatnot. Do you remember, Michael, asking Tom Toronto and I to uh, learn yeah, that song? Yeah. And uh, I kind of laughed because I thought you'd go after way after me, so I didn't put a lot of stake in trying to learn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. you. I think you even made fun of me liking I that did, song. in fact. Yeah. But let's not digress. <laughs> <laughs> so long story medium, as Paul likes to say, um, fast forward or rewind, I should say, when we have a tragic death on June 12th of this year, my son, um, Braden. Sorry, we got a phone call. Must be a listener. Yes, uh, (laughs) we'll take call-ins here in a minute. Um, That's a song I wanted to have played at his his funeral. He liked liked Pearl Jam as well, and... um, Thank God he had good taste in music. And uh, and Tommy V was able to play it, um, did a great job. But going back to kind of the origination of, of this idea of the podcast, um, you know, a couple weeks after after Braden's um, death, I was reading a book, as you know, um, called Dad to Dad to the Brink and Back. And for the life of me, I don't remember the author. I need to look that up. I should be better prepared. But it was a true great book. Um, just a dad speaking to other dads, this, this particular author is a dad and lost two different, two kids, um, two different incidences, um, tragedies. And, um, that book really spoke to me in that it was, you know, a dad sharing his experience. Um, he interviewed, you know, hundreds of other, um, fathers that have lost kids. And, um, there was so much in that, but when I was reading that, it was for me a lifeline of kind of a respirator at the time, two weeks after Braden's death. And I literally had the hardest time breathing and uh, author David DeCola came to me. Um, so David, maybe someday you'll be listening to this uh, shout out to you because you were inspiration for this conversation that Paul and I are having today in that, um, you know, it's, it's un you know, imaginable to lose a kid and, um, what Paul and I have in common friendship for a lot, many, many years, almost 30 years. Um, 
Paul lost his daughter 20 plus years ago when she was nine, Sarah and Nicole. And I lost my son, um, 87 days ago. And so, you know, where this kind of podcast is coming from is, is inspired by David's book, dad to dad and to the brink and back, but also just our, our own experiences that we've had, what we share, what's different, um, you know, and, and, and maybe something that we can offer to, to other people. So that's kind of why we're here and just to have a conversation and see where it goes. So, um, yeah. Paul, you and I also have something in common. What's that, Michael? Two weeks ago you dropped off Jace. Is that about right? It's three weeks ago, yes. All right, so tell us about He's a that. vandal now. So Paul's son, Jace, dropped off college uh, three weeks ago, which means Paul and his wife, lovely wife Jody, are empty nesters as of three weeks ago. Yes. How's yes, that going? We are. Well, uh, I've had, it's going good. He's, uh, he's going to dominate up there as long as I don't think about, uh, my own personal selfish stuff. He's doing fine. But, uh, we just mentioned that physical, I had a, the exact same bout with that, uh, rumbling, that constriction, that breathing, when I went into his room <laughs> after we got home. Yeah. And uh, so it's the same thing. He's still here. He's still potentially kicking ass up there. But I uh, I had to deal with uh, a little bout of loss and grief and loss with him. Yeah. And it was in his bedroom. And it was in, uh, he converted our third bay garage into a weight room. And if I went down there, man, it really got me. And so... Uh, once again, I had to breathe through those moments. And here's something I'm not good about. Maybe this is typical guy behavior, but I don't do well with my feelings. But if I can manage to tell someone, Jody's a good uh, listener. Um, it doesn't really matter who. If I uh, tell what's going on, it cuts it in half. So it was the ride home, the hug at the end. It was super painful, and I didn't think we were going to live through it. And then the first phone call we got, he calls his mom like three times a week, you know, and it makes her day. And uh, he, every time he calls, he sounds more confident and more grown up, and we're helping him make all these decisions because uh, he's pretty clueless. <laughs> you know, his laundry, how to eat, uh, cash management, girls, It's uh, it's been a treat if I uh, – you know, if I keep out of it, yeah. like once again, that's true for a lot of parenting. But uh, thanks for asking. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, this will have to be another episode, but he's a direct result of Sarah's accident. Without that, there's no him. And I can't imagine my life without him. So, uh, yeah, that's the God is big. And, yeah. I don't know if if you'd asked me after Sarah's accident, like two weeks, you say you started reading this book from another grieving dad. If you'd asked me then that I'd have a college son and I'd be joking about him, uh, I'd call. I don't know. I would not have believed it. I wouldn't. I didn't think I'd ever be happy again. And I kind of felt like if I was laughing or having a good time, I kind of felt guilty. 
Yeah. Because, uh, you know, and it's all silly. Asking why, feeling guilt, all that is total bullshit and a waste of energy. But like I mentioned, it takes practice. But Jace has been my lifeline. He's helped me through. He's helped me through this. He knows who his sister is, and he's never once met her. So yeah, I'm getting uh, happy bumps. That's a heavy one. It I mean, is to think about. He you you wouldn't have him without the loss of her. Like, right? How do you? I don't, and he knows that. Ah, oh, jeez, that's. Shit, man, that is that is a separate episode. <laughs> it is, in and I can't wait to, to say it. Wrap your head around that. I can't wait to tell it. It's a beautiful story, yeah. and uh, I don't know if I'd have believed it had I not been sitting through it. Yeah, but that's... Why, don't you, why don't you tell it? I mean, I think you know it. We're we're at episode zero, and uh, you know we might not make make it to episode one. Who knows? <laughs> <Good God. laughs> so. But I think I think I don't know. I think I think history is important to understand the the present. And um, you know, I know you and I have history before the loss of Sarah, obviously, and we go b- way back to when I was the uh, assistant um, uh, onside kick coordinator f- um, under your um, leadership for the uh, first year I coached football with you. Right. Leadership in quotes, air quotes. <laughs> to Talk about take 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 me back to I don't know. Give me give me the the story, the Sarah story All and right. the Jay story. I will. I'll give you the Sarah story and the Jay story. So man, where to start? I guess let's just start with the accident. Uh, I thought, like I mentioned, I thought my life was done. I hated everything about being alive. I didn't have the courage to do anything about it, like take my own life, but I didn't want to play anymore. And, uh, you know, I promised Jody and I promised him I wouldn't do that. I didn't want to throw any more right on the table there. But like I said, I didn't want to play anymore. I was just a shell walking to school trying to get through, getting through another day. And, uh, man, I was drinking alcoholically and uh, just stumbling through that year. And uh, so about two years in, we're sitting at Murphy's on Broadway. Remember that place? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's now uh, Twin Peaks or something. I think it's changed since. since yeah, it's like multiple news. times. Anyway, yeah. that's not important. But we s- used to sit in there, and uh, the phone rings, and it was a couple that we know from the North End who uh, adopted a child after we adopted Sarah. So they're an older couple like us, and uh, they accuse us of inspiring them to adopt their son. And uh, so they said hey, we just heard of a teenage pregnancy in Sun Valley. Would you be interested in adopting another baby? And uh, I was just taken aback. It's like, heck no, I can't even take care of my own self. And uh, to be honest, I didn't want to start over and do, I mean, I didn't want to do the diaper thing. And I didn't want to start over. It was going to cut into my drinking and my poor me. 
And so we were flattered, but kindly said no. And they called right back and said, well, that was quick. Maybe you should give it some thought. Thank you, but no. So uh, we went home. And then uh, sure enough, they called again. And this time I was kind of getting angry a little bit. And so they said, well, she's coming up this weekend. We at least come up here and meet her. And I said, yeah, I'll come up there and meet her. He's going to go up there and tell him no. And this is the mom. This is the mom. Jace's mom. Jace's birth mom, yes. Okay. 18 years old uh, from Wood River High School. And she's in trouble with her family. And the boyfriend's even in more trouble. And so we went up there to tell this gal no meet this gal and tell Ed and Amy no thank you and how flattered we were and we walked in and I'll be darned it was like an older version of Sarah was sitting on the couch and Jody didn't say anything but we were both like wow her mannerisms her I don't eyes, think I've heard that her the, the way she wow. sat and her hoodie it's like holy cow oh wow and so you know, we start asking questions, and the birth father's pacing around, right? Because he's going to get kicked out of town if he can't find a place for this. So, baby. real quick, when you saw her, was it an instant change of heart for you, or it were you still? Not, you weren't was, there. Okay. No, it was like okay, my uh, little hair started stand up a yeah. little bit because okay. it was definitely. Because how do we know what? You know, that's looking deep into the future. That was it's a weird thought to have, and maybe it's just. Anyway, so uh, looking at her, and we start asking her questions. Well, what do your parents do? Well, my dad's a coach, and my mom's a teacher. Uh. Right? So there's a, another coincidence, you might say. And uh, what's your favorite football team? Green Bay Packers. What's your favorite color? Purple. Sarah's favorite color. You know, do you like sports? Yeah, I want to play baseball, but they won't let us. So I play softball. And uh, so now my, my arms are getting really fuzzy. And so the clincher was, well, when's this baby due? And the baby, the words that came out of her mouth, the baby was due on Sarah's accident date. The day of her accident it was supposed to be Jason's birthday. And so it was like... Yeah, you're not right? you're not walking away from that. So, yeah, we we did walk away from that with our heads shaking, going, "Holy crap! Am, am, I, am I stupid here? If we don't take this baby, <laughs> something's wrong with that. I'm not as yeah. uh, wise as I claim to be, right? On my business card. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then so we're driving away from there. By the way, I don't think Paul really has business cards. <laughs> we will verify <laughs> at a later Get date. Our assistant on that, yeah. the audio engineer. So uh, we drove away from there, and like I said, I didn't want to do it. Um, but if I didn't, I was just gonna be. I, I. I didn't want to do it. Still, but if I didn't do it then I am a big tool, right? <laughs> and uh, this is going to save my life, and I'm still balking. And this is certainly going to save Jody's life. But you weren't there. And so, Until, uh, yeah. so 
we end up going up there to tell her no thank you and driving home thinking we should probably take this baby on. And then he missed his due date, but he was born a couple of weeks later. And uh, I can't explain how my life changed. It took a couple years still. I'm a slow learner, I guess. It still, it took a couple of years to figure out what was going on. But now, uh, I mean, he did save our lives, and he knows that. And we were like, we're going to smother the shit out of this kid. We'll never let him leave the house. He's going to be the smothered. He'll, and just the opposite occurred. Never made him do anything, and he turned out to be everything that a parent would want. So that's in progress, and thank goodness we said yes. That got me to get my shit together, and uh, we're going up there in two weeks, and I can't wait. So life is good. Yeah. Right? Life was over. I was on the brink. I'm going over. Bullshit, it's good. And here I am. Evidence is in. Life is good. Thanks for asking. I haven't told that story in a long time. and uh, I don't think I've heard the entire story. So I All the coincidences, I used to call coincidences, but I don't think they are. Yeah, that one, it's that one's <laughs> spooky coincidence. Like that's... Right? Yeah, that's... that's, oh, so that's there's more in... Yeah, there's more in that than I, I realize. So, wow. Right, so she's got to get her GED still, and so she's living up in the north end, and so this is... This is crazy. I went up there. I was her English final proctor. So she was on the computer taking her wow. final exam on Beowulf. And uh, she goes, you ever read this in high school? And I said, oh, yeah. And I was like, hell no, I didn't do, I didn't do any of my English homework in high school. And uh, so I was thumbing through the little guide there, and she comes out and asks a question. And I said, well, you got the book right there, right? And she Look up the answer. So I wanted her to pass. Allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, she probably she, passed it on her own. Right, right, right. It right. was just one question right. that we needed just their clarification maybe, on. Right, yeah, right. Clarified some instructions. So, so I ended up proctoring. You can edit that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> I ended up proctoring my son's birth mom for her final English exam. For a GD. For a GD. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of years later, I'm sitting at the stoplight, and there goes this cute little kid on a, a longboard. And uh, it's Jace's birth father going to his, he's like a sophomore at Boise State now. And I can't explain the feeling I got. Well, there goes, I couldn't know what to call him. There goes, yeah, Jace's sperm. <laughs> <laughs> My life's, I didn't know what to call him, but yeah. I got so happy. And I looked up through the windshield and like the same feeling. Life is good, man. Man, that's and a good story. Sometimes it takes what it takes. Yeah. And I would never wish, you know, I'm not, I can't say I'm grateful, but there's been so much life happen because of this death, which is kind of oxymoronic, but it's true. True beans. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what it was like for you in those those first two years before Jace. After I mean, because Sarah was was killed, she was killed in a car wreck, um, car were hit on head on. I mean, and she was in Italy with 
with uh, your wife and other family members. I mean, it was a major, major tragic event. That, yes. But that was back, what, 02? 02 was a big deal. It was on, uh, there was color photos in the USA Today of my family. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean. And you were, wow. you were here in the I was in here. US didn't have a passport. Yeah. Because I, uh, I was staying behind. And, uh, yeah, I put her on a plane. And didn't get to see her again, which led to my first song called "Me on a Plane." We can maybe play that next uh, yes next episode. Uh, okay, we'll have to check with our audio engineer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll write that down. Awesome. I see an instrument over here, but you're right, not today. Well, we just need a little more prep time, but we'll 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 hold that one for later. Um, that's a good story. It really is. It is a good. So Jace is what nineteen? Jace is eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, that's. I didn't. I've. I don't think I've ever heard all the all the details of that. Um, good stuff. I mean, that re- reason I kind of poked on that one is is uh, as of this weekend, Saturday, officially. We are, my wife and I are also empty nesters, like you were three weeks ago. Yes. Two two years premature. My son would have been a, a junior in high school this year. And, um, you know, prior to, to Braden's um, accident, um, which was also a, a car crash that he was a passenger of and, and uh, um, was killed this year. But prior to that, you know, I, I always kind of looked at, being an empty nester is like, you know, that's, that's, there's going to be some nice things with that. Right. Is sure. in, you know, I wasn't in a hurry for it, but I also wasn't dreading it. Right. And, uh, both daughters, you know, once graduated from college, one's one's in college. And so they were here, thank God with us throughout the summer as we were dealing with, uh, the trauma and the shock that we we've been dealing with, but, uh, we had the luxury of having them with us and, I think they would say the same thing. It was important that we were we were together for the time that we had, but it was time for you know my daughter to, that's in college. She moved moved into her apartment probably three weeks ago, and then my older daughter moved into a house this Saturday. And kind of that, I don't know, just unsettled feeling. Now we have a four bedroom house. It's not a huge house, but it, you know, I had a be- bedroom for every kid, and and now we have two adults and a dog in this house and for 23 plus years um we've always had a a kid in the house and so it is a new experience that um i didn't want but you're you're, too early for you totally too early and not not ready for it and uh it sucks yes and I was talking to uh, again my therapist yesterday about a variety of things, and I said, "What kind of this relates to the empty nesting and also just the loss of of Braden is everything in life you've been you've dealt with or you've had to deal with up until even you know I've lost my mom in a car car wreck and but but there was in the you know, it was tragic, but it was also, it was my mom and it was, it was, is a different order, right? Right, the proper order. And, but everything in, in, in life, you have a way to either make it better or avoid it, get rid of it. Fix it. Fix, fix it, it, fix it, fix it, fix it, change it, 
And now I am still unsettled with not just being an empty nester, but having something dealt to me that I cannot fix. I cannot fix it for me. I cannot fix it for my wife, who we both grieve differently, but daily um, in different ways. And my daughters and all the family, friends, and of course, you know, that, that suffer from the loss as well. We're not, we're not alone, but I think it just, I'm still like not content or settled at peace with the idea that I cannot do shit about this crap that we dealt with. Right. And it's, it's just unsettling. And, uh, I don't, I, I'm still, I'm processing out loud right now. Honestly, it's just like you think of it and it's like, that's good. You're just you're stuck with it. You are stuck. And uh But I look yeah. at you and in twenty years you're you're saying life is good. I don't know how you say that. Right. But so I, believe I get you. accused of being <laughs> full of shit. <laughs> believe me, constantly. And uh unless I let people in, they wouldn't uh wouldn't guess what's yeah. going on in here. But I'll say it again, it's practice. It it's just something that you have to accept right you have to accept it yeah you don't want to but if you're going to get anywhere you got to make an attempt at acceptance because there's no fixing there's no asking no answers for why and uh you know you mentioned amy and your girls you know you want to fix them right you're the dad and that you can't by yeah, it's just you end up meddling and uh, creating resentment. So I don't know how people stay married. Well, I've been not lucky enough to, and uh, yeah, I don't know what the statistics are. Maybe our engineer can look those <laughs> up. It's it's a, a it's a high note. high rate of divorce when you lose when you lose a child. And I understand. I mean, I don't understand. I can I can. I can relate, I guess, on why because I mean I don't I don't know I haven't really put 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 the bullet points together on on the on the why, other than good. Other than when I I, I, I can see that that it's it's real and the book that you shared with me right away, um, next couple I mean first couple of days after we lost Braden, um, into the valley and out again into the valley and out again. And I don't remember that author, but I'm sure it will be coming soon. Um, but Into the Valley and Out Again. But that that was one that, that stuck with me. It was a good read, short, short but powerful read. And there was a few things that stuck out in that book, but that was one is the divorce rate. I, I think he said two-thirds. That seems really high, but... Uh, Here comes the data. Twelve. Nah, well, okay. All right. According to the Google, twelve percent of marriages fail after you lose a child. We'll verify that or look for other statistics. That doesn't seem as high as I thought. But in any case, up to sixteen percent. <laughs> Thank you, Jody. Um, what were we say ninety something. I was saying a hundred. Yeah, ninety-eight percent of the marriages <laughs> <Yes>. fail. <laughs> we're striving for the two percent. No, I. Right. But but it's it's real nonetheless, and um, but that was one that stuck out in that book. It's just like you got to pay attention to this, and I I get why, and that c- came up, you know, in in my 
therapist appointment yesterday as well in talking about kind of, I guess, where I am grieving and what what is the outward appearance of my grieving versus maybe my daughters or my wife in particular in that maybe there's more tears shed currently from my wife than mine. Not that that's good or bad or indifferent. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. And, um, I shared kind of my, my pattern of grief is that, um, I'll internalize it, process it, sometimes gasp for error. That's kind of where I'm at, but I'm, I'm crying less outwardly, but it got to a discussion that we had that I hadn't really thought about. And I'll start with this, like your experience when you lost Sarah, I don't completely know because we haven't talked in detail about like what your first year or two years were like, right. And how you processed it. And, and I'm still kind of processing my own, but what, what we were, we were talking about yesterday was my wife's experience, her relationship with Braden is different or is different and was different than my, my relationship with Braden. And True. although he's the same, you know, he, he's our kid and he's the same kid that we're talking about her, her experiences or her, you know, memories or whatever else and her grief for him is different than mine, even though he's the same kid and we're married, right? And what I haven't asked her is, what is it like for you? Yet. You haven't asked her that yet. Yet, right. So I got some homework to do. Right, and that will be a nice dialogue, maybe. Yeah, And again, maybe is, is the right question. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Is that something that uh, because of this, do we become, we know each other better? We learn more about how we tick. And uh, speaking of that, we you mentioned how long we've been friends and your prowess on the football field. Uh, and we never really knew why we had a connection. I mean, I'm not a good friend, right? I don't, I'm not a very friendly person. I see you a couple times a year. And, um, but then after this accident, you, you were like that girlfriend that, <laughs> I, you know, that I never got in high school that, you know, you just, she was kind of good looking and you, you'd maybe write her a note or say hi to her and she wouldn't give you the time or day. That's, that's my relationship with Paul for the first 19 and a half years of, of us knowing each other, you wow. know, well, I didn't know how to quite put it, but uh, <laughs> there we go. No. So uh, after uh, Braden's accident, and I end up sitting on your porch, and uh, it, we both figured out why we had this girlfriend bond. <laughs> we had this weird-ass bond, and then the answer was revealed right then. And it's like, man, it was so powerful knowing a little more about why we're uh, doing the deal. Yeah. So, and I've been meaning to ask you this. You mentioned uh, tears. What happens when you drive down that road, Mike? I don't. You haven't been down that road? Not yet. Day... Day 88? 
it's day 87 today and the i was at that road on that road for the first and last time the i think it was the day after it might have been two days after because i needed to go to the accident scene and I don't know. I don't know why the hell I was there. Um, to I, I, I felt compelled. Like I just like I, I. So Amy and I went, um, and it was both difficult and also helpful in some way to so see. No regrets on going to see. I mean, you. No, I don't have any regrets going, but I. I've made it a point to go every other way. And so has my wife. And I believe both daughters avoid it as well. And, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Certainly not surprising, but, uh, maybe it's interesting that I went there, you know, shortly thereafter, but now I, I avoid it at all costs. I, we just don't. We don't. Right. And, uh, I'd be interested to know how Amy feels about that and the girls too. Yeah, you know, if it, is it a subconscious thing? All of a sudden, I'm taking a different route. I mean, like my mind says, don't ever go down there. But you're not. It's like you didn't decide it. Is this your mind's doing it for you? I don't know. I'd be interested to hear. You know, yeah, it's how, a conscious uh, choice for sure. Because there's oftentimes we have to go extra links to avoid it to to go certain places it's and a lot. when you make those links do you talk about it or is it unspoken how does the ride? no yeah no when we um are going downtown from where we live as we leave the neighborhood we choose to go right or left and left is more difficult by the way because you have to cross four lanes of traffic to get go left is that right and a median go right is a lot easier but right if you go right to head downtown from where us, you're heading. You're asking for. You're, that's where you're going. You're, you're you're, your, your route is to go to go um, where the accident was, and so we go left, and it's a little longer. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure eventually we'll get there. I think it's. I think it goes back to that breathing thing, right? Like I am certain that if I drive through that spot, I am going to be gasping for air. Because it will be relived. Not that I lived through that experience, but well, you did. I did live through that relived. experience because I drove to the, you know, the uh, the barricades that night, right? And probably it, it's re- it's reliving that whole godforsaken night of hearing those words that your yeah your son succumbed to his injuries, quote unquote. Um, night I will never forget, but I wish I could, um, in so many ways, but I think it's, I think it's reliving that maybe more than anything is. Yeah. I haven't thought about why I haven't driven there until you've asked that question. So (laughs) (laughs) good, good. it's a good question and, uh, something I got to think about. No. Why doesn't matter why yeah. I was morbidly curious, I guess. Yeah. You know, when, and, when uh, you, you, go sorry. Ahead. people always used to, you know, when they'd see me out and about, how's Jody doing? Yep. You know, and really nice, really nice 
because you know that's the way we treat women or that's the way women address their feelings and so then I started getting butt hurt like nobody why doesn't anybody ask about me and then if they did I'd be pissed it's like don't ask me you know you know why are you bringing this up you know so there was no way to treat me that I wouldn't get I don't know I was just so angry I you didn't know, understand people trying to reach out and I know I uh I'm not I'm embarrassed by that behavior but I do have a justification. But that's a whole episode in itself. Don't you I think I would totally is, agree trying to find yourself again. Well, and, yes. and I'm thinking more of it's that but it's also um people and I've I've been, you know, on the other side of this, obviously not too long ago, but um, I think where you and I can connect is I feel like I can ask you anything about anything uh, because we're in the same club now. Not that I wanted to ever be in that club. No um, offense, um, but I, I didn't want to be in this club, but I'm in this club, and so you and I have a different way to communicate at the same level in, in a lot of ways, right? Agreed. But I think when you have when you're talking to maybe if it's, it's, you know, someone that hasn't lost a a child in particular, they want to show their support and care, but what are the right words? There are none. People say that all the time. There are no words. And that's so true. But at the same time, like if they say no words, that's not what you want either. Right. right? You wish they would say something to you. (laughs) And so they're in a bind. So when, when, you know, one of the big hurdles that I had to cross this year as, you know, as a high school principal coming back to the school where your son is supposed to be and he's Mm. not, and you have faculty and staff and people that are also grieving and hurting, but is to help them, um, I guess kind of create or open the door for them to communicate with me, um, you know, and, and, and they needed that. And sometimes people need that understanding or permission to... So true. Permission to enter the, the yeah. ship. Yeah. And like, you don't have to say the right words. And you also don't have to be fearful of saying the wrong words. You know, I mean, maybe maybe cautious, but not fearful. Like the, right. that, that if you say the one word wrong with the wrong inflection, that all of a sudden I'm going to crumble to the ground and, 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 you know, and I... But that's that's not the case. I mean, what we've gone through is the pinnacle of pain. What someone can say to me is not going to hurt me any more than I'm hurt. And if someone is afraid of saying something, I want to give them, I guess that, that permission to know that you, if you want to just come up and, and, and say, I love you or I'm sorry and give me a hug. That's, that's, that's good. That's good enough for me. I don't need you to try to find the right words because as it says, there are, there are no words, and it's okay. Um, but at the same time, if you don't feel like you're ready to say anything, that's okay too. Um, yes, just being there is uh, yeah. the key to that. Yeah, but I think that's you know that's that's hard on people to know like what to say or how to say it. I mean, there's people that held on on writing a card because they were just you know overthinking or maybe just didn't you know were trying to find the perfect things to say right. or being careful of what, what not to say and. But that's, you know, like I said, maybe that's a whole separate episode in itself. Speaking of, um, we're about 45, 50 minutes in. Just got and the finger. Should we, should we wrap it up and, and uh, call, call, it, uh, call it a 
call it good for episode zero and think about some things to maybe talk about next time. We shall. Let's put it in the can. It was a pleasure, Michael, and uh, thanks for putting this together, Jody. Yeah, appreciate Jody, Ed, the whole team, and uh, Paul, it's always a pleasure. Love you, man. Peace.